you have answered the call. Oh, you mean the distress call? The call of Enson. A day we feared would never come, but you're here, here at last. Indeed, we must inform the Starflight Command. Live logs and proper. Starflight, come in. Starflight, Federation has arrived. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Dodge Carnegie, and with me to recap an episode of Stair Tracks Prodigal is... Adam Bowen. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of the Star Trek Prodigy episode, All the World's a Stage. Follow us on social media, that's at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast, and make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's how people can find us better. And of course, if you haven't watched Shakespeare's play uh, As You Like It, and specifically the monologue by Jacques, where he says, all the world's a stage and all the men and women are merely players. They have their exits and their entrances and one man in his time plays many parts. His acts being seven ages, at first the infant mewling and puking in the nurse's arms. Should I keep going? I, I, I think you're spoiling me, so uh, that's that's a problem. We Maybe we should stop. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry for spoiling as you like it for everybody. Uh, but you can you can go learn about the mewling and puking in the nurse's arms yourself later and then listen to this episode after that. Also, you should probably watch the Star Trek Prodigy episode, All the World's a Stage, before you listen to our podcast, because we'll definitely be spoiling that. We'll be spoiling a bunch of other Star Trek, uh, maybe a bunch of non-Star Trek stuff. I don't know. This podcast kind of goes places sometimes that I can't predict. <laughs> So, yeah, and it's more likely to now that it's just the two of us. 100%. 100%. All right. Well, as I mentioned before, we're talking about All the World's a Stage. That's the 13th episode of the first season of Star Trek Prodigy. First aired on the 10th of November, 2022. It was written by Aaron J. Waltke and directed by Andrew L. Schmidt. The in-universe date is Stardate 61296.9, which corresponds to 2384. And Adam, I wanted to ask you, do you recognize the name Aaron J. Waltke? I do. I'm pretty sure we've seen him several times. He has indeed written a fair few episodes of uh, Prodigy. Well, he's written four of them, including this one. And the first one was Kobayashi, which was another kind of throwbacky, uh, yeah. the one with Spock and uh, Dr. Crusher and, and, and on the holodeck. I, I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this guy is a nostalgia master. He also wrote, helped or wrote uh, or was part of the writing credits for A Moral Star, so the mid-season finale of season one as well, part one and part so, two. Yeah, solid episodes all around. So uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can see this this being a, a a good sign of quality when you see that name show up on the credits. Right. Uh, he also ha seems to have um, a bunch of other credits that are on TV uh, as well. So. Um, I'm starting to really think that maybe this guy's presence might be a mark of quality. Cool, cool. Yeah, let's just okay. go chase those down. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's get into our discussion. That we always start with our strange new takes. Adam, do you have a strange new take for me? Yeah, I got a strange new take. Uh, the first one's a little bit somber, but uh, I had to say goodbye to my uh, little chicken Florence uh, yesterday. She's 
had uh, health problems for several months now. And uh, yeah, so grateful that she's not suffering anymore. Uh, she died in our arms. And uh, that's all you can ask for, for the, the end of your pet's life. So yeah. yeah. Uh, for the episode, uh, I just got to say, uh, I mean, as as you, you heard with that, I, I've had a bit of a wild week uh, on, on top of uh, many other wild weeks. So uh, having this episode was just delightful to have as a little bit of a break. And uh, what's interesting to me is I feel like like this is the kind of script that feels like you might hand it over to Lower Decks, but instead Ooh. we're getting it in Prodigy. And I'm, I'm just, I'm very interested to, uh, the whole time I was watching the episode thinking about like, how would this have been treated if it was Lower Decks and like, what's different about the story because of like the context that we're setting it in. You think, you think Lower Decks will also visit the Enterprisians like, like they'll be the next, the third contact is, uh, is Boimler. <laughs> and yeah, we could have some, this is going to be some, some uh, shenanigans that take place on this planet, I think. Yeah, I think there absolutely could be. Yeah. Well, um, my main strange new take is I've, I've never been a big musical guy. Like I've never, I'm not a big musical guy. Let's put it that way. Um, I like certain tracks from certain musicals the one exception to this is hamilton which i like i will listen to that soundtrack every day for the rest of my life and be perfectly content <laughs> end to end great freaking musicals hits all of my buttons history politics um and i got to finally see it live and i got to see that all of the performers were doing things very differently in their performances, like the, the blocking was the same, but the, the way mm. that certain lines were enunciated, the emotion behind the lines, the way it was acted um, was different compared to the recording, which mm. even the recording that you see on Disney Plus compared to the original cast album, there are differences, but like each performer interprets their lines differently, right? Um, so very different performances. I, and, and not being someone who's watched a ton of musicals, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I feel like it would be... I'm, like, one of those guys who, like, listening to a cover where they don't hit the notes just like the original, like, drives me crazy. Oh, so, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, I feel like that's a little bit how it can go. I think this group was still very good. Like, I really enjoyed watching it. But there were a few moments where I was like, that's not the choice I would have made. And I think David Diggs mm. made a better choice, you know, <laughs> when he played Jefferson or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um... So, so there is that, uh, and I wasn't expecting that. I guess if you watch a lot of musicals, you just know to expect this. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I I've, I've seen that in a, a couple of instances, but yeah, I, I haven't watched so many musicals so many times that it's uh, something I regularly come across. But mm -hmm. I, I've at least had that experience of like, ooh, this was a particularly good version of this character, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's that's an interesting take. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, um, actually, it makes me think of like, what if the, you know, the West Wing did a recreation of an episode where they just did like a stage, like they did it on the theater stage. They blocked out an episode of the West Wing and they, have you heard of this? No, I have not. <laughs> so like where they would have had like a scene in the White House colonnade, they had like the columns and like, you know, so it kind of, it was all, it, it was just like a very minimalist representation of the colonnade. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like that the whole episode through. Okay. 
So I'm wondering if they should do that with TNG where we get like the same actors back, but now they play a, like maybe like uh, the inner light or something and do mm. like and and Picard interprets everything or John Luke Stewart, uh, John Luke Stewart, Patrick, John Luke Stewart, <laughs> Patrick Stewart <laughs> reinterprets his performances. Uh, Picard. I'm pretty sure everyone Star Trek fans would go insane and be like, "That's not the way it's supposed to be. What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, let me give an episode strange new take though, which is that I think this is the most meta Star Trek has ever got. Do you agree? I mean, the, the only other chance would have been something that uh, Lower Decks probably did, but I I think you you might be right here. Yeah, even Trials and Tribulations was it was a little bit meta, but it wasn't like full on like it's a it's a freaking play on the stage, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it, they were reaching into um, Thor Ragnarok type uh, 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 things here where we, yeah, doing a stage of like the previous show or movie or whatnot. I mean, it's literally like they met the aliens from Galaxy Quest. Yeah, actually. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, apparently, though, uh, and we can jump into the store, the, the in-depth discussion with this. This episode was pro- the 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 theme for it was proposed as a potential story for the Star Trek. Um, was it the thirtieth anniversary with Deep Space Nine that Trials and Tribulations did? Uh, mm. It was proposed as a storyline for that episode, and so this is it's taken thirty years to produce this story. Whoa, that's wild. I like I like this version better. I think I I, I was uh, I I'm totally fine with the one with the trials and tribulations, uh, and I I feel like there's, uh, there there's something about I mean we've talked about like the animation style or like the tone of these shows. Uh, it lets them do things that you can't easily do in other Star Trek, and I, and I feel like there's there's like that extra bit of like ridiculousness that you can add here where uh like you can just show how dilapidated their like the set is or or not dilapidated but just sort of like slapdash like we have to make it look like the original series type uh thing and i i don't know that it would have felt as um as genuine if it was done in live action like in some ways it almost might feel like we are um making fun of uh like hard like it would be hard to to resist i don't know uh it, it it's almost like taking doing something at the expense of the original series whereas this way we're able to just have it be like fun and funny that we poke at like yeah they were like cheap sets and whatnot but here is like us doing a fun like almost puppet show type rendition of it mm-hmm. um and it I, I, I don't know. I feel like that sits differently in live action than it would uh, the way it did here. It it does. And I think there was also a delicacy applied to the meta. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like, here's a hammer, I'm going to hit you over the head with it, like Galaxy Quest, you know? Where yeah, they yeah. literally watched the TV show and, to your sense, like about the stage piece it was just like mm-hmm. that added a little bit of delicacy yeah and it uh it's it's also like the way that they learned it i i thought was um 
it was interesting because yeah it uh, obviously uh they're talking about ensign which is uh just he's just some in- ensign uh that was sent down i i uh, like we, yes, we, we get to poke a little bit of fun at like that. He's a, he's a red shirt and, uh, therefore he's there to like show that something's dangerous. I think that they even like explicitly call that out during the episode, but it gets a little somber at the end when we, we realize that like he got some sort of sickness and died and they are all just grateful for like his efforts and sacrifice, uh, for their society and, and whatnot. And so it, like we were able to, at the same time as like poking fun at things or just like having, uh, having a laugh or whatever, uh, we, we were able to get a little bit into some emotions there. And I feel like prodigy does that pretty well across the board. Would, um, did you, by the way, when you heard Anson think this was going to be Anson Mount. <laughs> oh my God. That's what I was. I was like, are they going to go that meta, you know? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that might have, that, that, I feel like that one would have been a little bit difficult. Right, right. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I will admit, I'm a little bit fuzzy as, because it seems like most of these things are like he told them, but then they talk about logs. And so I, I don't know what logs they're talking about, that they, that they have uh, followed the logs, uh, because it seems yeah. like that he kept the shuttle a secret. Uh, because he wants them to not approach it or uh, because of how toxic it is and whatnot. But Well, maybe maybe he was able to, like, get some material, some technology that worked for a little while, right? Which yeah. is probably why they couldn't translate it well. Or, um, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe their tricorders have the ability to play back logs and stuff like that. Maybe, yeah, maybe they could play back some of them, but not for long. And then it, like, mm-hmm. the power went on. You know, like, there could be some... I don't know. There's ways we can retcon this into making sense, right? Yeah, <laughs> for All sure. Right. So let, let's 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 jump into the story chronologically. Our um, first of all, just to get rid of this right away. Next episode, something weird is going to happen to Murph, and uh, it's uh, going to be a little weird because Murph at the beginning of this episode is like sick, and by the end he's in a cocoon. Or yeah, they're in a cocoon, and it's just a little strange, man. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, honestly, it, it, it was a little bit cathartic, uh, having like a, a sick chicken and, and watching this episode where, uh, like, yeah, I, I was fully there with rock talk of like, yeah, I'd know exactly how that feels. Like you'd have your little friend don't, don't know what's, what's wrong and, uh, wanting, yeah. wanting to help. And then, yeah, have, having the end be like, oh, something is very different <laughs> about Murph. So yeah, uh-huh. I, like is murph gonna be like an actual character that has like a like is murph turning into a uh a humanoid next episode next episode like is this gonna be like an actual talking character yeah i'm very nervous about what this is gonna turn into uh because they've got a good thing going right now yeah i i i I honestly did not need any changes to murph like murph was fine for me being just a uh gag of tries to eat a random piece of scenery every episode and then makes cute noises. And I I always, I always appreciate like uh, when uh, animated shows like have an actor who the only thing they do is make like little uh, burbles and trills uh, uh, like, and and, like, that's what, that's what their work is. (laughs) So Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see like, oh no, we, we hired him because he's got uh, like some of the longest speaking lines in the last half of the season. (laughs) So 
you it would be funny though if, if murph comes out of the cocoon and they're just like exactly the same <laughs> I, that that would be great <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. Our, our kiddos have got a they've they've not been able to do anything about the living construct. So basically, we're quickly establishing, hey, nothing has changed in the big picture. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a, a little bit of a bottle episode, because even the stuff that happens with Janeway, the real Janeway and the Diviner, it's kind of like there's not much like, yeah, it's, it's like, a manhunt. But like, what were you doing up to this point? Yeah, it's it's it, we we could have cut those scenes out and had whatever is going to happen in the next episode and i i'm sure we wouldn't have really noticed a skip or or missed anything in particular yeah so it's um it's pretty much we need to talk about the stuff that happens on the enterprisians planet as mm-hmm. like the core of this episode and our, our kids get a distress call they end up on the planet and very quickly meet um what, what what is what is the name? I know it's Sprock, but is it James T or James I, T and Sprock? Yeah, and, and Sul U. Yeah, Sul U. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty like, great. And yeah, like their the um their impressions were were pretty spot on. I mean, like comical, but like in terms yeah. of like doing a comical rendition of them, of like feel like it was it was pretty well done so i had kind of a moment of like wait are these the real actors right especially george takei like <laughs> yes yes absolutely well, I mean, and like george takei has recently uh been in an episode but yeah so do you know who plays um the uh, so i'm just i just decided to look at the memory alpha credit list and i just need to take us distract us for a second do you know who plays the fucking telluride doctor on the um what is Janeway's ship called again? I keep forgetting. The new uh, one that she's on. It's the Dauntless. Star? Oh, 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 the Dauntless. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know who plays the Doctor on the Dauntless? It never occurred to me that this is, like, someone that I should, like, look up or what or whatnot. I have no idea. It's fucking Jason Alexander, dude. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> 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 fucking what? george costanza I, I i knew that he was gonna be doctor in of the Dauntless. i i knew he was <laughs> i knew he was gonna be in this show because I, I think he was like listed as as one of the cast members but i assumed it was because we were gonna like go see some trash people in uh the delta quadrant but no he's the doctor <laughs> do you know who plays the andorian uh like i think he's the like uh first officer of the Dauntless. oh yeah uh no. David fucking Diggs. The guy who plays Lafayette and Jefferson on Hamilton. Nice. I have Dude, not seen Hamilton, so what? I do not know. This is why I fucking love this show so much. <laughs> oh, and of course, Jamila Jamila is playing that, like, ensign, uh, the Trill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's a she's an actress, television presenter, and activist, if you've, if you've heard about her as well. So... Man, Prodigy is like loaded with like really cool people. That's it, it's insane. like it, it is so wild how this show that I had absolutely no expectations of it like was uh I I might even say like I was I was not excited when I heard that this was a show that was announced and yeah. I like there is almost no Star Trek show that I would like 
I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I felt I feel excited about every episode when I like remember like, oh, shit, it's Thursday. I get to watch like a new Prodigy episode like it's I love this show so much. It's it's nuts. Um, so. First of all, uh, it is James T. And um, James T. is played by the voice actor who plays Murph, D. Bradley Baker. And then Eric oh, okay. Bowser plays Scott E. and Sul U. And um, <laughs> we also have uh, Fred Tadasuri, who plays uh, Shax in yeah. Lower Decks, playing Dr. Boons and the voice recording of Ensign Gatwick. <laughs> so I was just like... I am blown away by this gas. Holy crap. Anyway, so we get onto the planet and we find these people have religiously recreated their society around Starflight, uh, including shaping their dwellings as if it's like a Starfleet ship with like nacelles and stuff. And, you know, they have like stage plays, which is kind of, I mean, that's what they used to do in the medieval world, right? Like they would have these little pageants where they showed like play, you know, your, I forget the name of them, um, the Christian play, morality plays that used to be shown uh, where they'd like show like, this is Charlemagne and Charlemagne did this or like Caesar did that. And, you know, it was um, anyway. Yeah, honestly, so, no, I don't, so, don't know. So this is kind of something that we've seen on our planet. Um, so anthropologically, it makes sense that they would be doing this. Uh, <laughs> and they've they've also got a statue of Ensign Garrowick, which we never get a really close look at. And oh, Yeah. And a memorial to him with his uh, shirt. Yeah, I, I didn't even uh, get a sense. I, I It didn't occur to me until later that that was a, a sort of a statue of uh, Ensign, uh, mm-hmm. which maybe mm-hmm. they referenced that directly in the in the episode, but it just I just didn't catch it. And I actually I just uh, clicked around on uh, Memory Alpha and David Garavik was just like totally a character in the original series. And definitely didn't remember at all but uh yeah this was this was like an actual character that we have uh pulled from the original series and and given a like an answer to what happened to him yeah it's do you know where garrick's from by the way uh, are you meaning like is he from montana or or <laughs> no, no, <laughs> are we talking about of dos <laughs> <laughs> uh so he's uh, i'm trying to figure out is he is he only i the only reference i see on his page is uh the uh, original series episode obsession mm-hmm. uh but so i don't know if he was created just for that that i mean they didn't have a lot of like background characters that threaded through them but yeah but so there were only occasional people yeah so he he was the ensign whose dad i think served with kirk and like kirk has some guilt about not being able to save his dad but then garrowick has some sort of cowardice mm. so he's like confined to quarters and it's it's a whole thing but so he is a character from um from star trek yeah the, the original series and we also now get a a uh, closure on what happened to the Galileo spacecraft. Yeah, because it is down here, and then uh, we get the final closure where it falls into a pit of whatever that is and explodes. <laughs> 100%. So I I think we've talked enough about the whole setup of this species and how it's kind of like a nice homage. I'll just say at the end, like, I, th- I think it's... it's I, I wasn't expecting Gallows to be the Galileo. I did, didn't... I, I never caught on. And so I, I think they also did a good job not making it obvious enough 
that like it was all that you, like you you weren't at least for me i didn't like go faster than the show wanted me to go no and, and it, it uh i i think i agree with you like i definitely like the it was a good hint where we saw kind of the red eyes uh that were on stocks as sort of like the gallows because uh the moment you see them like starting to shine through in that cave you're like i was like oh this is a this is a shuttlecraft uh and then saw that it was the galileo i'm like hey i remember that show that ship uh so yeah yeah it's pretty cool and of course um this whole episode is also a kind of a simile or uh it's a mirror to dal's own doubts about truly being starfleet so dal doubts that these people know what they're doing they're all just faking it and then he looks at him his own badge and he's like, well, isn't that what we're doing? Yeah. And it's one of those things where in, in a lot of shows, I'll get a little bit frustrated when like literally everything is on theme. And it's like uh, this this episode, everyone is dealing with like this type of issue. But like for whatever reason, I, I don't seem to mind it so much when it's in uh, Discovery. So I, th- I thought this was like a very effective way of exploring that uh, that bit of questioning for Dell. And I know we we've we've gotten at this idea of like, they feel like fake Starfleet several times uh, in the mm-hmm. series, but uh, I just, th- this was a fun way of, of poking at it a, a little bit more and then giving him sort of that boost of confidence uh, that has been sort of slowly molding this crew into like a real Starfleet crew. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm definitely feeling like the moment that we get to being able to have sort of the uh, established contact with Federation because we've resolved whatever it is that's going on with the living construct. I feel like these kids are actually going to be ready uh, uh, to like be part of Starfleet. And so I'm excited to see like what season two entails. Well, and we had a couple of moments of, of like that growth being kind of shown to us very explicitly, right? Murph is like, there has to be a scientific explanation for this rather Mm -hmm. than being some sort of uh, kind of uh, myth. And then we had um, Zero becoming the doctor, basically the medical officer of the ship as well, taking yeah. on that role. So we've got a little bit further into kind of your typical Starfleet crew approach to their work and their professions or roles. Yeah, and and I think what's interesting is like because it's only, and I don't even know the, the, the correct count of kids, but th- there's only these kids uh aboard the ship uh plus hologram janeway like we see every like they each have to fill multiple roles so because uh, i think yeah. uh, uh zero is is zero the pilot or is zero uh uh on the con like is it is it data's zero position or is like it on the yeah. con i think yeah. win is the pilot okay yeah so it, it's a um and then, yeah, we have people f- fulfilling like uh, tactical officer roles while doing other things too. So it, it's, I, I'm liking. Uh, I mean, it, it could just help us go with like efficient storytelling of like we don't need to make up a whole bunch of characters. We can have uh, each of our characters can like explore different sides of their personality and like be present in each of the episodes mm-hmm. uh, while. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Still giving us that kind of, uh, we're, we're feeling those familiar Star Trek feelings when it's happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And by the end of this episode, we've also had a little bit, we've had another time where we've seen Jenkin Pog kind of 
show himself to be maybe more than he lets on at first sight. Like, he's basically portrayed as this kind of, like, hesitant, like, I don't want to get into any trouble or whatever. But then when it's, like, his time to, like, shine, he's fearless. He jumps into that spacecraft that's, like, you know, the shuttlecraft that's about to, like, go down into the the crevasse. But if that's the only way that they're going to, you know, get out of this alive, then he's going to do it. Yeah, he he's he's very like overly vocal about how, uh, yeah he he is he's lazy or he's uh, a cowardly or whatnot. But it's just like not at all true when things are actually on the line, and he is the person that can uh, save everybody. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it, it, it seemed like um, I mean it, it's one of those things where like we were kind of setting him up to die, but it's a kid show, so he's probably not going to die. But like yeah. that, uh, if this was uh strange new worlds which we know that now they can just like kill any of our fucking characters uh like they could have set up the jankum pog character to just like die in this one uh and uh it would have been like a a a fitting character character arc or whatnot just like not for a 12 year old or whatever (laughs) right right and the other thing that i think gets this episode um I, th- I think that that gets this episode moving a- us a little bit further towards the growth of our characters. Is this this is maybe the first away mission where they've kind of been on their own and it's been okay. Actually, turned out well. They actually mm-hmm. like, and I mean, we've seen them like claim to have helped other people, but this is the first time we've seen them like accomplish something successfully. It's not been like they've gone on a planet and you know had the bejesus scared out of them and Jane may have to save them or like they've ruined yeah. that like species with the crystals or whatever this yeah is... where they like make a huge mistake and it shows like these are why the rules exist and and whatnot like this is one. Right. uh I, I we did we did like a little bit of hand wavy at the end of like well uh janeway said that because it's already been screwed up it <laughs> like prime directive doesn't apply or something right. uh but like it was fine <laughs> yeah i mean that that kind of stuff so the 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 one piece of this that I think gets the closest to Galaxy Quest is when those like three Enterprisians are brought up onto the Protostar and they make the ship into they, they change the hollow bridge. <laughs> yeah. Uh and, and, and then that girl can like fly the ship. That is literally what happens in Galaxy Quest. Yes. And yeah, I I I will say that is probably the one part where I was like, <laughs> but it was fun and it was fine and yeah. Yeah, it, it like yeah, it gave us a chance of like, oh look, it's it's just like the original series, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, Adam, anything else you wanna you wanna mention about this episode or talk about it in more detail? Uh, I I I thought that they they. I appreciated how they were able to, I mean, we've, we've talked about the names of the characters, but like how they screwed up like famous lines in so many different ways, like, uh, live logs and proper, I thought was a, a nice little, <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah. little treatment yeah. they, they did. So I, th- the whole episode is just like, has this delightfully ramshackle, uh, approach to, uh, like honoring the original series, which I thought was a lot of fun. Seriously, and I mean, it was like they had that like Scotty moment where the guy is like playing the engineer with a Scottish accent, and it's just <laughs> it's very it's very tender kind of homage. Yeah, absolutely was. 
All right, well, um, let's give this episode a rating. I'm going to hazard a guess and say my rating is going to be the same as yours. This is a 10 out of 10 for me. Like, this was fucking spectacular. I was so happy watching this. I feel like this is such a tender tribute to Trek. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, 10 out of 10. Because it's... Uh, I and, 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 like, to answer my strange new take, like, I think that this was the correct show to have this with. Like if this was over in uh, lower decks, like we already get pretty darn meta with, with that show. And it, it I, I feel like it, it would have been uh, somehow like maybe just too much or it wouldn't have been, been as effective. Whereas like here, uh, yeah, we could have that kind of uh, just, it was just fun and mm-hmm. it was uh there there wasn't anything like over overly like um i don't know i i feel like in in other cases it could have like turned into like maybe feeling a little bit cruel in in some ways uh, of like over overly making fun of things or or whatnot and and here it was just delightful the whole time and so yeah i just uh well, i can't i can't imagine a better version of them trying to do this episode i also think that it would have been very easy for them to make this into a thing where they had they interspersed our story with like the diviner or whatever and i think yeah. the best thing they did was just to have the diviner go out like a light at the beginning and so that we could just focus on this heartwarming story and there's no like tension from like the exterior side harming yeah. that for us oh and and uh i was hit i was glad for the like slightly hopeful happy music that was that uh was rock talk uh seeing like all the blood all over the ground uh in uh murph's quarters because <laughs> uh yeah i was like wait why are why is the music like this this looks terrible and I'm like oh, okay <laughs> we're fine the living construct <laughs> destroyed murph <laughs> yeah she's like uh what what why did no. we go this direction no, 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 no. All right. Well, um, with that, I think it's time for me to thank you, Adam, first of all, for making the time. I Before we started recording, I mentioned how it's always nice to see you and, and have a little chit chat. So I was yeah. glad I could. I, I watched this episode. I was really like, oh, my God, this is this is the best. I can't wait to talk about this. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to be back for this one because I've been gone for quite a while. And yeah, we accomplished both uh, the chit chat and then we had the, the recording of the episode. And I think uh, we did fine on both. So thanks well, what for if you, what uh, if arranging this. Come back and it was a casino episode of Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I uh, bet if we did a casino episode in, in Prodigy, it would be great. It would, it would probably actually be more charming than the one on Discovery. Anyway, well, thank you all. the only casino to... episode that was good in, in any of science fiction. <laughs> right, right, right. Thank, thank you, Emily. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Rudy. Hope whatever it is y'all are doing today, it's a great time. Thank you to your listener for making us part of your listening rotation for the week. We always appreciate you doing that. Thank you, Justin Gua, for recording our theme music as well. And special thanks this week. You know, honestly, just genuinely special thanks to Aaron J. Walkie. Well fucking done. This is now one of my top Star Trek episodes of all time. Like, just like that. Incredible. Uh, Incredible. Next time we can talk about whether we, like, Mugato Gumato, uh, this episode, (laughs) and In the Pale Moonlight. Uh, So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll discuss that more uh, maybe next time. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, we will see you next week for that discussion. (laughs) See you. Bye. Bye. Oh man, I 
I forgot about Bugatti Kumato. 